Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. I'm a preacher of God's love, and I preach God loves you. Full stop. God's love for you is not based on you. God loves you independent of you. In fact, the love of God is not based on how good you are. It is based on how good God is. I preach this radically. And that is the nature of God. God is love. It's the nature of God. Anything less, you are, you are defining another God. The nature of God is love. He loves you. If you are tall, short, thin, fat, dark, lovely, light, he loves you the way you are. You may not love you the way you are. You may want to be somebody else, but God just loves you the way you are. The book of Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. So God just loves you radically. So his love for you has nothing to do with you. It's because he is love. So he chose to love you, independent of you. God's love to you was a gift. If you didn't do anything to hang the love of God, you can't do anything to unhang it. Do you understand what I just said? You can't unhang God's love. God will not love you less because you didn't do anything to make you love to make him love you in the first place. So there's nothing you can do that can make you love you less. And imagine you hearing a beautiful message like this. That God loves you. He loves you in your good days. He loves you in your ugly days. And then, after hearing this message like this here, you now get home. You now put on your television, your YouTube. And then you see a preacher preaching, Ananias and Sapphira. God strike them down because they were not faithful with their offering. They were not faithful with their money. They were not faithful with their giving. How will you feel? You know, on your head, it will make you have a dual personality about God. You mean the same God that Kingmaker said, he loves me so much? It's the same God that strikes some people down all because they were not faithful with their offering? I thought Yinka said God loves us independent of us. Think about it. So for a start, to, to start this series again, you know, I, I listened to the one I, I, I made last year. I made this session last year. I, I taught on this. But since it's coming back again, the devil is always look, doing like a wave to scare believers. All the aim of the devil is not to scare unbelievers. So it is to scare believers. You hear the message of rapture. Believers are scared. Why are you scared? Because they don't know their Bible. If you know your scripture, when you hear rapture, you should be jumping up. Yes, I can't wait to see Jesus. You see, people preaching that believers may not go when Jesus comes back. What does that mean? That is not scriptural. If Jesus is to come now, if you are born again, you are going now. There is no argument. You see, on earth, we can have different spiritual or spiritual spirit no meter. <laughs> I can be more spiritual than you. You can be more spiritual than I am. I may I may pray more than you. You may pray more than me. I may study more than you. I may know Rema more than you. I may know the scripture more than you. You may know more than me. But sir, guess what? All of these things, when Jesus comes back, will all reign with him. Remember the parable whereby Jesus shared the parable of a man that employed people 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock? They all received the same reward. Do you understand what I'm talking about? 
So it doesn't matter whether I'm preaching every day, I preach minimum of seven times a week. But sir, even if you have not owed a mic before, if you are born again, if Jesus comes now, you are going with him now. That's the gospel, undiluted. You must be born again and you are saved. There's nothing called partial saveness. You are saved once and for all. Jesus died once. Don't degrade the blood of Jesus with your religiosity. Don't tell people they are not fully saved. They have to do more things to be saved. That's not scriptural. Do you understand? Let's preach the gospel. We set people free from insecurity. And then we just have to understand God, God loves you radically. So when you hear a message of rapture, the devil is always making people preach it the wrong way to scare believers. And that negates the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 4 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love. One of my favorite verses. It says, perfect love drives out fear. If you are scared that it just is to come that you won't go, then you, don't, you are not in love. You are not in perfect love. If you hear the story of Ananias and Sapphira and you are scared, then you don't understand your scripture. So yeah, oh my God, my, my Instagram live just ended. I have to replace this. So you have to understand what, what the scripture really meant here. The story is not to scare you. So you think God will tell you that Jesus died for your sin, he rose and told you, he gave you the Holy Spirit. You know, the story of the Holy Spirit was in Acts chapter 2. So you now think, well, Acts chapter 5, God wants to scare you that you not mess up with him. That's not scriptural. If you are afraid, anytime anybody, let me tell you something, including me, if I preach a message to you tomorrow and you are scared after the session, come into my DM and say, Akimika, I don't agree with your message. The Bible says now these three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of them is love. So God loves you. Don't let anybody preach anything outside love. If I preach any rema, any, if it doesn't build your faith, if it doesn't give you, if it doesn't build faith, hope, love, if it doesn't give you hope, if it doesn't make you understand how much God loves you, it is, sir, we don't allow people to preach any other gospel. People scare you with everything. They scare you with sighting. They scare you with things. Don't scare God's people. The Bible says, feed my sheep. The Bible didn't say you beat the sheep. Feed the sheep of God. Let's preach just the gospel. Leaders, preachers, preach the gospel. Undiluted gospel. And what is the gospel? God loves you. We shouldn't preach insecurity to believer. If you preach insecurity to believer, what are you? what is your message for unbeliever? Do you understand what I'm talking about? If you believe the notion that God really killed Ananias and Sapphira because they were not faithful with their fight and offering, then what message do you have for unbeliever? Do you know what I'm talking about? Let, let me carry you guys on a tour. So the nature of God is love. So people have preached Ananias and Sapphira to scare people. And I preached this last year, but I realized it's coming again. People are preaching this thing again to scare people. It's because they did not pay their tithe. Because they're not, no, that's not the scripture. I will show you what, is, what really happened. And then you understand God loves you. I want to unveil the love of God in Acts chapter 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So for a start, before I tell you what the, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is all about, I want to tell you what it is not. You make you understand. You must be a good Bible student. If you are not, anybody can just come and tell you anything. You, you don't even want to go and verify it in the scripture. Acts chapter 5. For a start, the story is not a story of these guys didn't pay their offering, they didn't pay their tithe, they didn't pay their money, and then they died. What an average preacher preaches from this place is well, they were not faithful with money and then they died and God killed them. Sir, for a start, that is against the nature of God because God is love. Secondly, have you been unfaithful with your time before? It will take an hypocrite with all humility, with all honesty, for you to come out and say the reason why God killed them is because they were unfaithful with money. Whether you are a believer and then you know you are times if you are not faithful and then you need to scare people, no. If you think that is the reason, let me give you so many reasons why it is not. 
if you think it is because, well, ah, uh, those guys were not, I mean, the general preaching. I'm going to show you the scripture, but the general preaching as well, they were not, they were not faithful with their, they, 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 they sold the portion, they kept some. So they didn't give all. Have you, have you kept a part of your offering before? Have you wanted to give personally? Let's just ask my question. I have before. You know, at, at the point of time, God will lead you to give $100. You say, ah, God, $100. Let me give $50. You negotiate with God. Have you been silly before? I mean, honest people, you can form where you are. Has God ever missed that you to give somebody $20 before or 200 naira before? And then you say, ah, God, it is too much. Let me give him one then At least you give. As the Holy Spirit led you before to... I mean, have you slid God in your tithe before? Did you die on the spot? So if you say you didn't die on the spot when you were not faithful with money, how come you are preaching that these guys died all because they were not faithful with money? It is not consistent. When you preach, when you teach the word of God, it has to be consistent. So for a start, the story is not, well, they died because they were faithful with money. If you say that's the truth, then you should have died at some point. You can't tell me you have been paying my tithe. This is 2021, since 2012. The year I got to was 2012. I started paying my tithe automatically because this was the kind of message they preached. I was scared. <laughs> Do you understand? But even with my fear, there were times where I didn't, I wasn't faithful with my tithe. I mean, I'm talking about back when I just finished secondary school. Back, they would give me 100 nera, I would keep 10 nera. They would give me 40 nera, I would say, God, I owe you for, for that. Because I'm just scared. I just feel as if I don't want to die like another Zafia. It's not because of this. I will show you what the scriptures but I want to tell you what is not. So they did not die because they were faithful with money. If they were, then somebody must have should, should have died in your church and you should have known the person. Because the person, was, I mean, do you mean everybody in your church is faithful with their offering? I know now. Don't be, don't be an hypocrite and come and preach to us. This is what happened. And then nobody has died in your church. Does that mean everybody in your church is faithful? Do you understand? That's one. So the, one of the stories or one of the knots of the story is that the story is not about the fact that they died because it, it can be. If it was, you should have died or somebody in your church should have died. And we should all know they did the same thing. So we can we should be able to trace it. Do you understand? So that's number one. Number two, if you say God killed them, then that's not consistent with the nature of God. You know why? God allowed Jesus to die so that you will not die today. Logic. I don't know if you guys have Bible study. I'm saying so many things. This is a meat message. So I don't really want to take time to be explaining some things back to back. I just want to say so many things. If you need help, you understand. So some things I'm going to say, just ask questions later. But I want to say so many things. As a believer, your judgment is in the past. It's what, God judged Jesus, so I will never judge you again. The reason why if you commit a sin today, God will not judge you or strike you down is because God judged Jesus. It's not because God is gentle on sin. It's because your judgment really existed and existed on the cross. That's why when you do something wrong and the devil is accusing the presence of God, God says, yes, I judge him. He say, why? When? He say, see the cross. So the cross is your place of escape because Jesus died. He who sin must die. So Jesus died. So you can't die anymore. By legal justice, you are free. No condemnation for you. Even when you make mistakes. Do you understand what you said? There is no condemnation for you even when you make mistakes. You know why? Because Jesus was condemned for your sake. He was beaten. He was bruised for your sake. If you say God killed Anais and Sapphira because you are not faithful with tithe, then it is inconsistent with the nature of God because the nature of God is love. God gave us Jesus so that we will not die. God allowed Jesus to die so we will not die. The audio, oh my God. Can you guys still hear me? It's such a good day. I have so much, I have such a powerful message but people are having issues with the audio. Sound check, one, two. I have such a powerful message. Instagram started, then Facebook. You know what? I'm going to preach this message radically that way. I'm just going to preach it from my heart. But you guys should be able to hear me now. Sound check one, two. Okay, perfect. 
you guys should be able to hear me now. You guys should be able to hear me now. Sound check one, two. All right, you guys should be able to hear me now. So sorry, people on Facebook and YouTube, but you guys should be able to hear me now. So my, my, my point is, so if you say the reason why they, they died was because God killed them, then it's not consistent with the nature of God because God doesn't kill. If he wants to kill you, you won't even live up to now. David said in the book of Psalms, he said, God, if you count our sins, we shall stand. Nobody. So number one, the story is not the story of the fact that they were unfaithful. That's why God killed them because at some point you've been unfaithful. God has not killed you. So why are you preaching what has never happened to you? You don't understand. You should have died when you were unfaithful with your tithe, your offering. You understand that God has never killed you. So don't preach that message. Don't scare God's people. Feed the sheep. Don't beat them. Number two, saying that God killed them is not consistent with God's nature because Jesus took your judgment on the cross. Number three, saying that God killed them because they are unfaithful is not a great way to grow your church. <laughs> if you say God killed Anais and Sapphira, then... What, what, how, how do you want to invite people to your church next week? So you say things like, well, come to our church. Our God is mighty. But don't mess up with him. Oh. You must pay your offering. Oh. If you don't pay, if you don't pay, he may slay you. He may kill you. <laughs> I mean, if you say God killed them, how do you want to grow your church? How do you do publicity? I'm going to show you in this scripture, in this old journey, that actually... After the incident in Acts chapter 5, in Acts chapter 6, which is the chapter after, the Bible says that the church began to grow. So listen, if what you say, the story is about that God killed them because they were unfaithful, if it's true, let me tell you something. If you know about any church in Nigeria or in Canada, that people always die there if they are not faithful with their tithe, will you go to their church? Honest question, honest answer, yes or no. I, I won't go, even if I'm faithful with their tithe, I won't go. Church where God is killing them. Which kind of God with that one? Do you understand what I'm talking about? I thought God is the savior, not the ki- not the killer. <laughs> so my point is just this. It, it, it is not. If you say God killed them because they are faithful, then how are you doing publicity? If you are scaring believers with that insecurity that God may kill them if they are not faithful with their tithes, they what or with their offering or with their giving, then what are, what message are you preaching to unbeliever? Unbeliever will be telling God because it's almost as if it's more safe outside church than inside church. So you want to invite me to your church. Say, bro, come to our church on Sunday. Come to our church on Sunday. Don't worry, God is, God, God is healing. But at times, he may kill if you mess up with your tithe and offering. That's not a good way to grow your church. That's not the gospel. Do you, do you understand? I first have to take time to preach what it is not so that I can understand what the story is. You first have to understand what it is not so that I can understand what it is. You first have to understand what it is not so you can understand what it is. All right. So let me show you scripture now. I've said so many things just to make you understand. It can be what most people preach it to be. But let me show you the scripture. We're going to use Amplified Version today. So Acts of Apostles chapter 4. So let's interpret scripture in its context. Acts chapter 4. So don't forget, when this incident happened, after this incident happened, if you read Acts chapter 6, the Bible says, verse 7, the Bible says, so the word spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to faith. People started serving God after that incident. So if you say a believer die or somebody die in your church or because they didn't pay their tithe, I don't think you will have sold out the next Sunday. The next Sunday it will only be the pastor that will be in that church. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Anyway, so it can be that. So let me tell you what it is. 
Now, I've preached this before, and I'm going to preach it again. I preached it last year, but when I preached it, I was so radical then. I, I, I was hearing the message, I was like, take it easy now. I was just radical. I mean, but now, you know, I'm more calm now, so I want to preach it in a calm way. And then, since I feel they were not born again. They were not believers. And if you, since I first make you understand, if you say they are believers, then you say, one, God kills, but God has not killed you before you start, <laughs> since you've not been faithful with your tithe. Secondly, it's not consistent with the nature of God. God is love. Then thirdly, it's not a good way to grow your church. Do you understand? But if you say they are unbelievers, which I'm going to prove to you, don't believe my word for it. I'm going to show you from the scripture. You say they are unbelievers, then it is. it shows the love of God. And I'm going to explain that later on, but at least it shows that, well, if you have an unbeliever in the church who is trying to be a part of the, of the community, of, of your church, but he has another intention, and then the person gets exposed and the person dies, I think they'll say, wow, the power of God is winning that church. Somebody who was trying to defraud the church was exposed. I think I will go to that church next week Sunday. I think I'll go to that church. I think that can make people, the church grow because the church actually grew after this incident. So everybody, don't believe my word for it. Acts of Apostles chapter 4. Let's read the Bible in this context. So they are not born again. They are not believers. And so let's read from Acts chapter 4, verse 32, amplified. The Bible says, now the company of believers, the company of believers was of one act, and so, and not one of them claimed anything belonging to them, was exclusively his own. But everything was commonly, oh my God, Amplified is doing my tongue like this. So. Okay, once again, not the company, okay, I'm, I'm reading something else. Acts of Apostles chapter 4 verse 32, the Bible says, Now the company of believers was of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed anything belonging to him. But everything was common, property, and for the use of all. So, the the fruit of the Spirit called love manifested so much in this time of the church that no believer had anything of his own. Every believer then shared their property. Every single believer. And... If you read further, verse 33 says, And with great ability and power, the apostles were continuously testifying to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace, remarkable loving kindness, rested upon them all, blah, blah, blah. Verse 34 says, And there was not a needy person among them, because those who were owners of land or houses were selling them. So there was no greedy person, and there was no needy person. Every believer then, every single believer, and then verse 35, and placing money down opposed to his feet, then it was distributed to each as everyone had need. So they had everything. That, in fact, one of the key things that made them know that these guys are believers, they come and then they just share their property. Verse 36, Bible in this context. Now, Joseph, a Levite, so this guy is a believer, a, live, a Levite. Levites are those that carry the Ark of Covenant in the Old Testament. A Levite and native of Cyprus, who surnamed Barnabas by the apostles, which translated the son of encouragement, verse 37, sold a field belonging to him and brought the money and set it at apostles' feet. Then the next verse. So the Bible for the start, the Bible told us about Joseph, a Levite. Then the next verse happens to be chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible told us about a believer who sold his land. The Bible says, but a man named Ananias. And that verse says, KJV says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira sold the possession. So the story continues. 
So the Bible was telling us about company of believers. And then when you go to the time of Ananias, God says, but normal English for a start. So everybody was selling their property, but when he got to somebody's turn, his name was Ananias. He, did, he, he didn't sell all. So, but. So, the whole concept is like, you know, when I was back in Nigeria, we didn't remember this incident. There were these churches that they, they give their first time food. And then, they always have much more members every week. Even if you've been to that church before, you can say you're a church mem- new, new member again because you must eat. Because they give their, their, um, their church member food, at times rice, at times all kind of food. They give I mean, even, you know, you, you won't want to go here. <laughs> you understand? So if you hear that a church, every time they have a new member, they give them food, they give them rice, they give them... You will go to that church now. Do you understand? They don't need too many publicity. You will be their natural publicity. So this was what was happening during the time of apostles. Every believer, when they got saved, they share their property equally. So if I have any money right now, I take it to the apostles. Apostles give it to you know, like choose free charity now. If we imbibe this habit, that means all of you, when you collect your salary, you bring it. If you collect hundred thousand, we share it equally among all of us. Maybe it will, it will go around two to two thousand. If I collect one million, I will share it equally. If you collect ten thousand, then you share it equally. So your salary will divide it equally among everybody. So there was literally no rich, there was no poor. Now listen, if you even in this generation, if you be a believer if you hear that that church exists will you go there of course you will go there even me will go eh so in that church they share things equally so i first of all check my income <laughs> and say ah why the set of people going there they have rich people there and they have poor people there me i'm rich in christ <laughs> just kidding so but naturally you want to go because i mean a church whereby they share their stuff ah let's go there so back in Nigeria, there are churches like that that give first time literal food. They give them so many things. So in that churches, most people want to be first time over and over. They have new people every single time. You know why? Because they are sharing food. Because they are sharing belongings. Do you understand? They can meet the needs of people. They can meet the welfare of people. And then of course, even unbelievers, they hear that church. They share food. They go now. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I mean, some of you, if, if you've attended that church before, you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, some, an average church do, does that. They say, oh, they share food in that church. Let's go there. So you become new. To, and then, so this happened during the time of apostles. And then, Ananias and Sapphira, they were not born again. And then the whole story is that they also wanted to be a part of this thing. They also wanted to say, well, we are believers too. So this is our own part of money. This is our own income. So they, they think if they could do that, and then they know they start getting benefit from other believers, even though they are not believers. So they want to say, well, we too, we are, we are sold our property. Do you understand that kind of thing? So everybody was always selling their property. And then that was the whole event that happened there. So if we go to chapter 5, if you now get to verse 4, chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says, so Peter caught them, and then Peter now replied. So verse 4 says, as long as it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? After it was sold, was the money not under your control? So it was making the man understand, wait, 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 before you come, this money was yours in the first place. He says, okay, let me start from verse 3. Bible says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and secretly kept back for yourself some of the proceeds of the land? So this guy came and they wanted to do the same. They know in that church, they always, they are, there's love. So he kept fast, and then Peter caught him. Peter said, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? He said, I mean, this money is yours. And then he says, you have come to lie to God's people. It's in the scripture. Go and give verse for yourself. So why is it that you have conceived 
this act of hypocrisy and deceit with amplified version hypocrisy and deceit in your heart you have not lied to people but to god you have not come to deceive people but to god so this is the whole event and then listen after hearing these words he died so think about it if you think there's anybody in your church who is not born again and then the person is trying to be a part of a unit of your church and trying to marry somebody in your church and then you guys don't know if the person is not born again because this person is always attending your religious service because the but if you say the person is not born again then how come how come they were in church it's very simple you have you also have at least one or two unbelievers in your church that's how you do altar call every Sunday morning. Do you understand? When you finish, when your pastor finish preaching, he, do, he does altar call. So literally, these people came, they wanted to defraud the church. They wanted to be a part of the benefit of the church, but they were not born again. That's why they, they, they wanted to do the normal routine to penetrate into the church. And long story short, so if you eventually realize somebody is not born again, trying to marry somebody in your church, but eventually realized, and then the person's secret was exposed at the end of the day. Do you think at the end of the day, if the person leaves your church or if you send person out, out of your church do you think that's something good or something bad i think that's something good because you're protecting the sheep of god and god will go any length he will do anything to protect you if you read the story now don't believe my word for it i mean i just showed you don't, don't even believe what i said i can show you these things from the old book of acts of apostles the holy spirit was the book wrote the book of acts of apostles and his writing was consistent so anytime the holy spirit wants to introduce a believer the Bible says a certain disciple. If in the book of Acts, anytime the Holy Spirit wants to introduce an unbeliever, it says a certain man. Like I said, don't believe my words for it. I want to back everything I say up with the scripture. I'm going to give you like five scriptures to back what I just said up. In the book of Acts, just Acts of Apostles, anytime the Holy Spirit wants to introduce a believer, the Bible says will say a certain disciple. If it's an unbeliever, it says a certain man. So let us start from an unbeliever. Number one. The story of Ananias and Sapphira. The Bible says, Acts 5.1. But there was a certain man. It was because he wasn't born again. So the Bible always says, I'm like, oh, there was a man. There was a man. So for a start, underline a certain man or a man in your Bible as the first unbeliever that was introduced. Because he's an unbeliever, he was not saved. Secondly, in the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 9, the Bible says, but there was a certain man called Simeon, which before time in the same city used sorcery. And bewitched people of Samaria, giving out himself with some great one. Of course, if, if this guy does such, he's not born again. When those people wanted to mention his Bible says there was a certain man. So he was not born again. If he was born again, the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts will say there was a certain disciple. The third place, apart from Acts 8 9, the third reference is Acts chapter 10, verse 1. The Bible says there was a man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Everybody knows Cornelius. In Acts 10, 1, as at that time, he wasn't born again. He wasn't born again until when after Peter preached to him. So Bible introduced him as a certain man. This is three points, right? Number four, I want to give you four good points. After the amount of two or three witnesses, uh, something is confirmed. What the Bible says. Anyway, Acts 14, 8, the Bible says, And there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. I just give you four good reference from the scripture whereby the Bible says a certain man, a man, a certain man to introduce the fact that these people are not born again at their introduction. So don't say, well, you can't just say they are unbelievers, but there's no proof for it. I gave you four reference. Number one, Acts chapter 5, verse 1, the normal analysis we are talking about. Number two, Acts chapter 8, verse 9, 
Number three, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Number four, Acts 14, 8. And on the contrary, to prove that if, if they were believers, the Bible would call them either a disciple or a Levite, just like the Bible says about Joseph. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 10, you have to be very fast, I, I don't have too much time anymore. Acts chapter 9, verse 10 says, There was a certain disciple at, at Damascus named Ananias. So this was the Ananias that got, um, that, that, that prayed for Saul that became Paul. The Bible says there was a certain disciple at Damascus. So because he was born again, of course he was a believer. So the Bible says he was a certain disciple. Just to confirm what I'm saying, if, if they were born again, the Bible says a certain disciple. Number two, Acts chapter 9, that's in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. The Bible says in Joppa, there was a certain, there was a disciple named Tabitha. This one, the Bible says a disciple was because she was born again. That's what the Bible says, a certain disciple, Acts 9.36. Number 3, Acts chapter 16, verse 1. The Bible says, Paul came to Debe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived. So Timothy, everybody knows Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, that guy. The Bible, wants to join, the Bible says, a disciple. So in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit was consistent with the writing. If, the Bible, if they are born again, the Bible says there was a certain disciple. If they are not born again, the Bible says a certain man. Do you understand? So if you, not even my word, this, I just put, I just give you seven scriptures to back up what I just said right now. So this is not opinion of man. This is scripture. If you're born again, the Bible says a certain disciple. So if you go back, compare what I just said. If you go back, the Bible says concerning Acts chapter 55, verse 1, but there was a certain man. Is he born again? You judge. Of course, he's not born again. He's not a believer. Because he was a certain man. So do you get the concept now? This is the only concept that can make you still believe that God is love. If you don't believe this, if you think they are believers and then God killed them because they are unfaithful with their money, then you should have died because you are at some point. You, you understand? I can't preach that because I'll be an hypocrite. At some point, I've been unfaithful with my tithes. Do you understand? At some point, I've been unfaithful with my often. Do you understand? So I can't come and be preaching, well, God killed them because they are unfaithful. No, that's hypocrisy. Consistent with the and then even if even if you know, even if you are born again, so you think there was no mercy for them. You think God didn't allow God, God didn't even give them time to repent. Is that the image of God you have on your head? You think your God is so angry? You think your God really needed your money so much? If you don't pay it, it kills you on the spot. That's not the God in the Bible. The nature of God is love. So there was a certain man. They were not born again. And then if you now understand that and you agree with me with that, then I can end. I can wrap up my message. So against what people preach, that well, Lionel and Safira, well, God killed them. God didn't kill them because they didn't pay their offering or because they kept money. If that, if that's the reason why you say God killed them, then God should have killed somebody in your church. Number two, then your church can't do publicity outside. You mean God is killing people in your own church, and you want me to come to that church where God is killing believers? No, now. And then unbelievers will start saying, "Oh, it's not even safe to be born again." If you are preaching insecurity to believers. To Christians that God kills Christians, then you are giving non-Christians or unbeliever, you are giving them more reason not to be saved. Because if your God is killing people because they are unfaithful with their tithe, ah, I don't want to come to your church. I don't even want to serve that God that kills people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So they were not believers. I just proved this by quoting seven good verses in the scripture to back everything I've been saying now. So if you believe on the other truth that they were not born again, then it makes it easy that God is a loving father. Because God will do anything to protect his sheep. And Isaac and Sapphira were trying to defraud the church. They were trying to be like um, sheep. They were wolf in sheep clothing. They were not born again. And this happens again in places in some churches where you see unbelievers. They want to go to church to go and marry a believer. All because now they are, they've done all their rubbish. They want to be serious. 
and they are not born again yet but yeah they just want a, a church girl or a church boy so this message is just for people like that to make them understand god will go any length he will do anything to protect his own if anybody if any unbeliever is in your life you don't know the person's intention i want you to understand the same way god protects the church in Acts chapter 5 god will protect you these people died because god was protecting the church god protected the church and then the wife had chance to repent three hours after the same time jesus used on the cross of calvary and then when she came peter asked her the same question he said hey sis, he said did you agree okay in fact he said tell me the truth in fact let, let me show you that place so verse 7 says and it came to and it was about act chapter 5 from verse 7 it was about the space of three hours after when his wife not knowing what was done came in and peter answered unto her tell me whether you sold the land for so much and she said yes so much so they had a plan read verse 9 peter discerned this and it's a gift of the spirit and the Bible says, then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? If you read Amplified, Amplified says, then Peter said, How could we have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? And then look, the feet of those who had buried your husband at the door, they were carried you also. And at once she fell down and died, and the young man came in and found her dead. Verse 11, And great fear and horror gripped the whole church and all who heard these things. Listen. They were all scared because they've never seen that. They've never seen God done that before to protect them. Even if you, imagine if you are the head of the church, if, if it's true spirituality and then we divide our stock equally and then somebody's trying to lie to be a part of us or because the person realizes we share our, our stuff equally and the person is an unbeliever then trying to say, well, I'm a believer too. I go to church, I go to a person and then we say, it's okay, if you think you're a believer, then we add the person to WhatsApp group and the person trying to defraud people. You know, one time on true spirituality group, there was one of us that our, 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 our contact was hacked on the group, just spirituality group, and the person started sending us DM asking for money. And I sent the person, I sent the person money, <laughs> and I don't believe to send the person money. I send the person money, and then later we are like, in fact, we sent the person money before Nobu Queen told us, oh, the person's account has been hacked, and the person has been using this person's account to ask for money. After what we removed the contact from the group straight away, we removed the person. The, in fact, nobody can also remove the person from the what it is. What was the word? Um, eg exit, eg eviction straight away. If you realize the person is trying to defraud the sheep, the person is trying to is eviction straight away. I think that's the same mentality with God. If anybody is trying to, an unbeliever trying to enter and penetrate into the church, in fact, this is a message for Boko Harams and terrorists out there. God protect these people. The Bible says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The same rod and staff is used to beat every wolf <laughs> that is trying to defraud the church, trying to scatter the church, trying to bomb the church. This is the message Bukharam should hear. This is the message believers should be preaching on the internet. So terrorists will hear. They will be scared to come to the church. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let them understand somebody in the scripture, they try to attack the church, they try to defraud the church, and then God killed them on the spot. Because the church are the sheep of God. We are the bride of Christ. Touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. Let terrorists hear this, let them be scared. Don't scare believers with this message. God loves us. So his love has been unveiled. It was God protecting a sheep in Acts chapter 5. And then there was an unbeliever with his wife. They're trying to penetrate into the church. So they can also give them a place of influence because now they're also bringing their property. So Peter caught them and said, no, no. He discerned. He said, no, you're trying to lie. You say you're not lying to the people, you lie to God. Because there's unity in their midst. The Bible says, how beautiful is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? 
Do you understand what I'm talking about? These are powerful truths. So God didn't kill them because they didn't pay their offering. You, at times you didn't pay your offering and God has never killed you. You've not been always faithful with your tithe. God has never killed you. So don't, don't preach that. It is hypocrisy to preach that. Because you are not always faithful with your tithe. At some point of your life you must have. And then God even gave you a chance to repent. Why do you think it's not the same if they were believers? Do you understand? For you to think they are believers, you have a wrong opinion about God. God loves you so much, no matter what you do, He can never stop loving you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Don't scare believers. I've said so many things. Have you been blessed? I have 10 more minutes to wrap up, but have you been blessed? So don't let people scare you. It was sad when I when I heard the message on YouTube recently. And that person said, God, in fact, the person, the person even said, he asked the Holy Spirit. And those people told him it's because they didn't give out their money. I'm like, ah, ah. So does that mean every time in your church, everybody in their, every, every, every church member have always been giving all of their money? No, now. So God loves us independent of us. And this is not even a message of fear for unbelievers. God wants unbelievers to be saved. But if you have any unbeliever who is trying to defraud, who is trying to just doing anything against the sheep of God, who has any other intention, if you have any unbeliever in your life who is not ready to be honest with you, but for example, you know, this thing happens in some places whereby unbelievers who they will try to be in quote religious, they try to say they are Christian so that they can marry somebody in the church, but they are not born again. God always exposed them at the end of the day. At the end of the day, God always exposed them. You can't do anything to God's sheep. You can't. God is protecting us back to back. We are God's sheep. So God will do anything to protect us. But you're not saying God doesn't judge us when we do something wrong. Well, when you do something wrong today, God has judged Jesus on your behalf. You know, I don't like the fact that people present God to be less gracious than their partner and their husband and their parent. So most of the time people think, you can't, you preach the love of God, you don't preach the holiness of God. I made a particular message just to answer your question. I preach the holiness of God. Do you know what it means for God to be holy, for God to be just? It is you being righteous today. <laughs> you know when God says you are righteous, it is because God is holy and God is just. For God to say otherwise, it will be unjust of God. You know why? Because Jesus, the just man, became you on the cross. If God doesn't declare you righteous, then God is not holy. It will be against the nature of God. God is holy, righteous in making you righteous. You are righteous not because of what you do, but because Jesus took your place. So God is holy. I preach the holiness of God. The holiness of God is well. Jesus is your holiness. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Go and read your Bible. 1 Corinthians 1.30. You are not trying to be holy. You are not trying to be righteous. It's a nature you have. That's why the Bible says put on the new man. You have the nature already. The devil wants believers to think they have to pray before they can get to a particular point. They have to pray to be righteous. No, you can't be more righteous. You're already the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus is your righteousness. You can't lose your righteousness. Do you understand what I just said? Once again, in case you miss it, you can't lose your righteousness. Righteousness is a gift that came through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.31 Christ has remained unto us righteous, righteousness. Romans chapter 5, God has given us the righteousness of God as a gift. Romans chapter 1, the righteousness of God is being revealed through the gospel. So God loves you. There is nothing you can do that can make God change his mind about you. You can, you can get silly. The worst thing you can do as a believer is to get silly, you go. When you will come back, you meet God. His heart for you has never changed. The prodigal son, the father was never angry with him. The guy doesn't have sense. He left the house. The father was waiting for him. He wasn't the one waiting for him. The father was waiting for him. There is nothing that you can do that can make you understand the love of God. And when you say things like the people saying, oh, you are telling people to do what they like. If, if that's what your flesh is saying, then you are hearing, you are hearing something else. I'm making you understand God is so good. Don't reduce or reduce the greatness of God. 
So you think with God, if you do something wrong, God will chastise you. God will, God will say he's no longer your friend. But you think with your spouse, your spouse will forgive you, right? I mean, think about these things. Holy Spirit was shedding, making me understand this recently. People have a wrong notion about God. People don't really know what it means to be loved by God. An average person doesn't know. I bet you, another person, another person is scared. Oh my God, I don't want to do mistake. I don't want God to judge me. You, you still don't understand love. There is no fear in love. Holy Spirit was making me understand recently. And then making me understand, he said, how is it that when I'm married, and you know, I can give my wife words of validation, make her feel secure and say something like, I love you so much. No matter what you do, I will never stop loving you. Stop. I've said that to my wife before. I've never seen my wife say, oh, thank God, I can do what I like. No, now, do you understand? But we feel when we preach the radical gospel, we tell people, no matter what you do, God will never stop loving you. They'll come to you, they say, oh, you see, you are saying people can do what they like. You see, you are, you are naturally inclined towards the negative. People, do you understand what they said? With men, you think your husband, your wife is so gracious. If he tells you, no matter what you do, I will be with you forever. I will never, your wife, oh, and you have security. I will never say, oh, Thank God. Let me go and commit adultery. No, now you have a, you have you have something wrong with you if you think that's what it's all about. So when we preach the love of God, people come in. You are not preaching the audience of God. No, I am preaching. In fact, God is holy in declaring you holy. God is righteous in saying you are righteous because for God to say otherwise, that Jesus shouldn't have died. The fact that Jesus died, God must declare you righteous. Oh my God, this is powerful. So if I tell my wife that I love you no matter what you do, I can never stop loving you. I've never seen her say, whoa, perfect, Sienka, thank you. And then I've never said, it's a key to go and do anything she likes. No, no. It gives us a sense of security. It makes us safe around me. Do you understand? And then when we preach the love of God, we say, no matter what you do, God can never stop loving. People say, okay, okay, perfect. This guy has come again. He has come again. These people have come again. You, have, you, have, you need prayer and fasting. If you think that's what we're talking about. We are unveiling the righteousness of God, the goodness of God. So you think we are giving people license to do anything they like. You don't have a good opinion about the grace of God. No matter what you do as a believer, God can never stop loving you. That's validation. That's affirmation. That gives you sense of security. Do you understand what I just said? It gives you security. It makes you rest. It makes you safe. Do you understand? To preach otherwise, then you are not unveiling the righteousness of God. You are not preaching the real gospel. Let's preach the real gospel. And the real gospel is God loves you. And he can't unlove you. Because you didn't earn his love. You can't unhearn it. No matter what you do on the surface of the heart, God's love for you can never change. You are radically loved. You are stuck with the love, for, love of God for life. Do you understand? God loves you. And then if you're a sheep, if you have anybody and any unbeliever representing Ananias and Sapphira in your life, in your church, in your workplace, or you are dating one right now, I just want you to know God will do anything to protect you. At times, it may lead to breakup. You may not like it, but God will do anything to protect you. I've seen God protect believers before from unbelievers who claim to be Christian. They will come to church. They will start coming to church for that girl because of that lady. And then they still be doing their rubbish. And then when they not break up, they stop coming to church. <laughs> so they, they will start coming to church only because of that lady. Or maybe that lady is the one even forcing them to church. It happens now. But my point is just let them know God will do anything to protect you. And as Sapphira were not born again. For you to think they are, then one, you don't know what it means, what Jesus did for you on the cross. Two, then it's not consistent with the nature of God. Then three, somebody should have died in your church because at some point, not everybody is faithful. Even if you're 100% faithful with your titan offering, with your income, then not everybody's is 100%. So nobody has died in your church. Do you know anybody personally who died because they're not faithful with their money? No, not possible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
We love you so much. Lord, I'm so grateful because this truth will travel. You will amplify this truth to travel to all parts of the world. Enough of prophet, false prophet, scaring God's people. Now it's the time for the truth to prevail. We give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And let God's people say, Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. I really enjoyed myself. You know, I'm not surprised at some point my Instagram was misbehaving at some point. My Facebook was misbehaving, but I'm so glad at the end of the day I was able to preach this message. These messages are recorded for free. We have over 650 messages online you can download for free. We we preach the radical gospel. With all humility, Truth Spirituality is my number one place that I know they can preach. The, I just know you guys with the radical gospel. So I can come here anytime. No, no ministry. I, I think the only ministry I, I join three times a day is Truth Spirituality. <laughs> so no other ministry. <laughs> that I know, I don't think I follow that music three times a day. It's because we put the radical gospel, and the more you hear, the more you want to hear. And that's what Jesus came to give you. Jesus did not come to give you insecurity. Don't let anybody make you feel insecure with your relationship with God. God loves you regardless. Even if you're a mess, in a mess, God loves you messy. <laughs> Do you understand? God won't love you less because you're in a mess. His love for you is unconditional. Can you just say personally wherever you are in any part of the world, say thank you, Father, for loving me. You love me independent of me. So, Lord, I'm grateful. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much. What an awesome time. So, just catch up with our podcast. Academy, Truth Which is Academy. We are partnering with another, um, another, um, another one, of our, one of our senior colleagues in ministry. And this academy is going to be an awesome one. I have a meeting with him later today. And it's starting in May to June. If you're in Nigeria, start getting ready for the online. You connect online. If you're in Winnipeg, you are here for a ride. It's going to be an awesome, explosive time. So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. If there's anything, we'll communicate with you. But if there's nothing, just keep the academic dates to mind. And then join us tomorrow. We'll continue the book of Psalms. Thank you so much, everybody, once again. God bless you. If you have been blessed by this message, we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of God's love to all nations. Send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, True Spirituality Network on both Facebook and Instagram, T-Spirituality on Telegram, and Akimika on YouTube. So catch up with all our podcasts, search for Akimika on all major platforms, including Spotify, audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus Music